Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from the pulpit of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. morning we want to talk about authentic living and if you'll turn in your Bibles Galatians 5 and 17 we'll read this scripture and you can be seated for the flesh lusteth against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh and these are contrary the one to the other so that ye cannot do the things that you would and you can be seated are you glad to be in the house this morning amen Glad God woke me up clothed in a right mind, a mind I want to serve him. Amen. Quickly, before I get started this morning, I'd like to read you something that I've seen on, on Fox News. It uh, was talking about Jesse James, an outlaw uh, back in the 18th, I guess in the 19th century. So this gentleman, Justin Whitting, who lives in Spalding, United Kingdom, bought a 19th century tiny type of Jesse James at 14 years old on eBay. Me and Brother Daniel will enjoy this for $10. A California-based 19th century photographer expert, Will Dunaway, studied Justin's picture of Jesse James and said it is an amazing find. He said there are no other like it. He said a one-of-a-kind original that most likely was handled by the teenage Jesse James himself. Brother Daniel, this is the best part. It could be worth $2 million. That's the kind of blessing Brother Wayne needs. Amen. I just I wonder, you know, I wonder, Brother Kevin, uh, uh, when uh, I guess probably after we just kind of got started going in. We're talking about authentic living this morning. So what I'm trying to tell you is, is that's the original. Brother Chris, there's only one original. See, there could be often, as somebody used to say, often imitated but never duplicated. See, the, that, that's what makes that picture so valuable, is it's the original. I thought about those folks that had that picture, and they found out maybe maybe they read the news or seen it on TV, but Josh, that that picture that they just sold for $10 was worth $2 million. I remember one time at the house, Sharon had a yard sale, and I always wanted cash. I like to have money, never had much, but I always like to have money. So then I heard of my friends that had money, and they'd, they'd put it in a safe. But since Cricket, we couldn't afford a safe, so I just hid it in clothes. Amen? Well, that's a great idea unless somebody has a yard sale. Sister Jean, can I tell you that Honey had a yard sale, and I was working at a house with a friend of mine, and it came to me, Brother Justin, that I had put some money in a, a skirt that Sharon never wore. It was in the back of the closet. So I called her, Brother Junior. I said, hey, honey, did you? She said, oh, yeah, I put that skirt in there. I said, you put it in the yard sale, did you? She said, oh, yeah, I put it in the yard sale. I said, uh, well, you know, I had about $2,000 stuck in that pocket of that skirt. 
See, Brother Jack, whoever got that skirt was happy people. Not only did they get them a skirt at a good price, they had $2,000 cash in that pocket with them. So I understand that compared to $2 million, that don't compare a whole lot. But the poor people from Chiefland, Florida, <laughs> that was a lot of money, Brother Wayne. But my point is, see, you don't realize how valuable something is until you don't have it no more. Amen. I think I was thinking about where they said in Amos 3 and 3, it said, how can two walk together except they be agreed? See, Sister Cricket, we can't walk half in God and half out of God. God said if you was lukewarm, he'd spit you out of his mouth. He said in the book of Revelation, he'd rather you be hot or whether you be cold. See, Sister Susan, when we talk about being authentic, we're talking about being real. We can't be real just on Sunday mornings or Sunday nights or at Bible study on Tuesday. We can't hold the devil's hand while we're at work, Brother Junior, or while we're off somewhere on vacation. Have you ever been on vacation, Sister Melinda, and ran into somebody right here in your own town? I often tell Sharon, I'm thankful, Sister Osborne, we was acting right, doing right, and smelling right. See, Sister Betty, because you just never know. He said in, in 2 Corinthians 4 and 7, it says, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of ourself, of, not of us. I thought about how those folks that just had this picture, to them they might have got it through, maybe they inherited it, Brother Mike. Maybe somebody passed it down, maybe they got it at a yard sale. I wonder how many people has been through these doors and multiple doors throughout the world that's come to church and got this Holy Ghost, this gift in earthen vessels. They didn't put much value on the authenticity of it or the specialness of it or how important it was and what it could do for you in their life. They just sold it. Jesus asked a very powerful question. He said, what would a man give in exchange for his soul, Brother Tim? See, we don't think about it because we just think, you know what, Sister Don, I can just go to church. Church is always going to be there. This church is going to be at 10 o'clock. Wednesday night is going to be at 730. Brother Everett's going to have that church up in Madison, and we're just going to go there. It'll always be there. But Brother Kenny, we may not always be here. Wait a minute, you just wonder what people trade in. I got a sister that served the Lord. She no longer serves the Lord. I don't see anything that she benefit. Sister Joy, I don't see anything that she inherited from the devil. The, devil, the Bible, the Lord said the devil goes about to kill, steal, and destroy. But the Lord said he come that you might have life. What kind, not just a regular life, not any old day kind of life. He said that you might have abundant life, Brother Donnie. We're talking about something that's talking about authentic, the real thing. We're not doing a second level or third level or a, a knockoff brand. This is Jesus. God manifested in the flesh. That's what's dwelling inside of you. He said, if it dwells in you, it'll quicken your mortal body. Sister Danielle, what, what would you give for this? I, there's no price that you could give for what God's gave me. I often think about how God chose me out of multiple billions of people. Sister George, I'm thankful that God gave me a wife. Thankful that we had two little daughters and thankful for all that. But I'd trade it all in just to make it to heaven. Because God's been good to this old man. God's brought me from a horrible place when, when I couldn't find my way, God was there. When I turned my back and walked away from God, God was still there. Or the preacher said, for better, for worse. He don't know, he knows what he got for better. Ain't sure what his wife got. She got the worst. But that's where I feel about Sister Sharon. 
but I'm thankful. I'm thankful for this authentic. I'm thankful for knowing the truth. I often read things online and you think about how that God just showed this wonderful spotlight in my life and showed me this truth. I don't want to sell it for no price. So, Jamie, it may look like Jesus might not be coming back for a long, long time, but we may lay down and die tonight. I want to hold on to this thing. It is important to understand that a person's behavior identifies whether or not that that person is walking in the Spirit. So to get to where I want to go at, I want to start here, Brother Tim. In Acts 27, 20 through 26, it talks about this is when Paul was in that great storm and he had 276 souls with him. And he told them, said, we don't need to leave from here. There's much trouble and much problems that's awaiting us. And he said, nevertheless, you're just going to obey yourself and you're going to go ahead and go. But I want to get to somewhere this morning. It says, Acts 27, 20 and 26 says, And when neither sun nor stars in many days appeared, and no small tempest lay on us, all hope. Have you been in a place, Brother Kenny, that looked like all hope that we should be saved was then taken away? I'm glad that we have more than a hope. Huh? Huh? We got more than a hope, church. We got Jesus. Paul said, if we only have hope in this life, we're all men most miserable. But after a long absence, Paul stood forth in the midst of them and said, Sirs, ye should have hearkened unto me and not loosed from Crete and to have gained this harm and loss. And now I exhort you to be of good cheer, for there shall be no loss of any man's life among you but of the ship. For there stood by me this night an angel of God, whose I am. Church, say, whose I am. See, that's country. Paul must have been country, hadn't he? He might have been from Dixie. But anyway, what I'm trying to tell you, whose I am. Sister Betty, I'm glad I know whose I am this morning. Aren't you glad that whose I am woke you up this this morning, clothed in the right mind, a mind to want to serve him? He said, whose I am and whom I serve. Saying, fear not, Paul, thou must be brought before Caesar, and lo, God hath given them all given thee all them that shall sail with thee. Wherefore, sirs, he said, be of good cheer, for I believe God that it shall be even as it was told me. And Sister Donnie said, how be it we must be cast upon a certain island. So for just a few minutes, I want to go to that certain island in the next chapter in 28, verse 1 through 10. And it says, when they were escaped, talking about from the, the breaking up of the ship, Then they knew that the island was called Malata, and the barbarous people showed us no little kindness, for they kindled a fire and received us, every one, because of the present rain and because of the cold. Now, they just swam to the shore because their ship had been all broke up, Brother Brian. So you know they was cold, and and they was maybe had been weak from fighting the water. And it says, And when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on the fire, there came a viper out of the heat and fastened on his hand. And the barbarians saw the venomous beast hang on his hand, and they said themselves, No doubt this man is a murderer, whom, though he has escaped the sea, yet vengeance suffers not to live. That's about the time Brother Wayne would have passed out. You know what I mean? Now, me and I, I, and ladies, I really do try to walk by faith, but, you know, when he said in the beginning there in Adam and Eve, and he told it, Somebody was going to bruise somebody's head, but he might bruise his heel. He meant me when he talked about bruise his head. That was me part of that. When I see a snake, I remember when I used to hunt with my father, if I seen a snake, I just turned around and went back to the truck. 
So Danielle, that took all the hunting right out of me. I, I don't have no, but it, the, here's what it says that Paul said he shook off the beast into the fire and felt no harm. I wonder if there might be some things in my life, Sister Terry, that maybe I just might need to shake off a little bit. Because see, Brother Jack, it's real easy in this walk with God for things just to grab a hold of you. You know, sometimes we got to be like Elisha. We got to go back home and we got to burn our instruments and we got to kill the oxen. We got to offer that as a sacrifice. Because if you don't, you know what will happen, Sister Smith, is that thing will come back sometime and just knock on your door. Have you ever had some of your old fleshly desires show up? Sister Ars morning and say, hey, you forgot about me? I'm still here. But it said that Paul just shook that thing off. And it said in the same quarters was possessions of the chief man of, I'm sorry. Verse 6 says, how be it they looked when he should have swollen and fallen down suddenly. But after they had looked a great while they saw, and saw no harm come to him. This is the part I'm driving after. They said they changed their minds and said he was a God. Well, the way the question is this morning talking about authentic. When you run into situations that you can't control, how do you handle those situations, Brother Kid? See, they said they didn't made a judgment, Brother Tyson, from the jump go, because that snake beat him, said, This man must be a murderer. Well, he's reaped it so, and it's coming home now. But they said when he shook it off and no harm come to him, Brother Kevin, the Bible said that they changed their mind. Paul said, look here now, we've got to be, this sure sounds like when you read that chapter before that that breaking of the ship, Brother Junior, was all part of getting Paul to this island. I wonder when we look at our ship that's got all tore up in this thing called the storms of life, Brother Donnie, that we think maybe we've done something wrong. Maybe we've sinned against God. And all it is, Brother Danny, is God just getting us out of that boat so he can get us to an island so he can, because here's, we go for fixing to read about something here in just a minute. It says, and in the same quarters was the possessions of the chief man of the island, whose name was Publius, who received us and lodged us three days courteously. And it came to pass that the father of Publius laid sick of a fever and a bloody flux, to whom Paul entered in and prayed and laid his hands on him and healed him. So when this was done, others also which had disease in the island came and were healed. And in verse 10, it says, who also honored us with many honors, and when we departed, they laid us with such things as was necessary. I wonder how many times that in something that we think is all tore up and all messed up, Brother Justin, that God's working right in the middle of that thing. I wonder how that, I wonder how that if Paul hadn't have made it to that island, Brother Donnie, I wonder what would have happened to Publius's father. I wonder what would have happened to those people, Sister Jen, that come there and God healed their bodies. We're talking about authentic living. We're talking about being the real deal. We're talking about being the original. We're talking about, as, as Brother Chris so eloquently said last Sunday, Paul didn't say follow Christ. He said, follow me as I follow Christ. See, we're the only Jesus that people see, whether that's at home, whether that's at work, whether it's at the mall, whether it's wherever, wherever, wherever. And it always happens. They never show up until you're having a bad day. I always found it, Sister Elena, kind of amazing to hear Paul was out gathering up sticks. He was a survivor. He should have been up around the fire. I'm thankful for men and women of God. When they should be ministered to, they're looking to somebody to minister to themselves. 
That's what Jesus came to do. He said he came to seek and to save those which were lost. He said the whole don't need a physician, but the there's a lot of sick people out there, Brother Tyson. Brother Jack, there's a lot of sick people out there. We're talking about authentic. We're talking about we got something to give somebody, Brother Allen. We got something that'll take the drug addict and make him a drug addict no more. Take the man that used to beat his wife and his kids and stop that. We got a God that'll give you a job that can meet your bills and give you some more in savings. We got a God if you got problems in your mind or in your body or whatever it is, God can take care of that. We serve an authentic and the original God. But there's folks out there looking at how you're going to handle it. The next thing is behavior and attitude will define you. 2 Timothy 3 and 10 and 12, it says, But thou hast fully known, Paul speaking here, my doctrine, it says, the manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, charity, and patience, persecutions and afflictions. Now, can I stop right here? If you're going to make up some handouts, Brother Michael, to pass out in your neighborhood, do not include this. Huh? Because, you know, I mean, if you're going to sell a boat, you're going to clean it up and speak and span it and all that kind of stuff, right? You don't just drag it out of the river it with seaweed and all that hanging moss and all that hanging on. It smells like dead fish. Clean it all up, right? Y'all got to help me out this morning now. It says, which came unto me at Antioch and at Icom and Lystra, what persecutions I endured, but out of them all, church say out of them all, the Lord delivered me. But Dave, we can't have a testimony if we don't go through something. Paul said, look here. He said, you know my life, you know my purpose, my faith, my long-suffering, my charity, my patience, my persecution and afflictions. He didn't stop there, sister Debbie, and turn the channel. He didn't say, oh, me, oh, my, man. I'm, I, I can't wait to get back to persecuting these Christians. He said, but out of them all, the Lord delivered me. Now, verse 12 is very important. Don't miss this part because you really don't want to hand this out in your leaflet. Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. That kind of messes up that theory of, you know, just come and claim it and blame it and rabbit and go on about your business. Everything's good. You ain't got to change nothing. Everything's just going to be wonderful. And it is wonderful. It is wonderful to serve God. This is the best life I've ever had. Bar none. No matter what the devil throws my way, this is still great, brother kid. Amen. My worst day serving God don't beat my very, very best day serving the devil. And it never will, Brother Danny. But you understand that persecutions come in your way. Trials and afflictions come in your way. Paul said of the Jews five times received by 45, I mean 40 stripes save one. He said three times I was beaten with rods, once I was stoned. Three times I suffered shipwreck and a night and a day I've been in the deep. In, 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 in hunger and thirst and in fastings often and in cold and in nakedness. Wow. I wonder how many of us would have just threw up the flag and said, that's enough of this authentic living for me. Paul said in Philippians 1 and 12 through 18, it says, but I would ye should understand, brethren, that these things happen unto me have fallen out rather into the furtherance of the gospel. He didn't go to nobody. He didn't go to his prayer partner. He didn't cry on him and say, I just didn't know it was going to be this hard. He didn't call Ananias on 1-800-Ananias, I need to talk to you. Say, Ananias, why didn't you tell me Jesus told me I was a chosen vessel and I must suffer many things for his name's sake? 
See, they didn't tell him all that, Brother Chris. But he understand this authenticity. He understand the, this God living on the inside that could change nothing into something. He said, but I would, would ye understand, brethren, that the things which happened unto me have fallen out rather into the furtherance of the gospel, so that my bonds in Christ are manifest in all the palace and in all the places. And many of the brethren in the Lord wax covenant by my bonds are much more bold to speak the word without fear. So indeed, preach, some indeed preach Christ even of envy and strife, and some of also goodwill. The one preached Christ of a contention, not sincerely, supposing to add affliction to my bonds, but the other of love, knowing that I am set for the defense of the gospel. What then? Notwithstanding, every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is preached, and I therein do rejoice and will rejoice. I wonder how many people quit serving God because somebody hurt their feelings. I wonder how many people quit serving God because somebody walked by them and never shook their hand. Brother Farrell, I wonder how many times somebody quit the church just because they didn't get up and want to get out of bed. Or maybe, maybe the pastor didn't call them to sing a special song, Brother Junior. But Paul said, I therein do rejoice, and yea, will rejoice. He said in Philippians 3 and 7 and 10, he said, But what things were gained to me, those I counted lost for Christ. Yea, doubtless I count all things but lost for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ. Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ. And be found in him, not having my own righteousness, but which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith that I may know him in the power of his resurrection, the fellowship, not the fellowship of his suffering, being made conformable unto his death. I've been in some spots that I wanted to throw in the flag. I wanted to tap out and say I've had enough. But Brother Kenny, I'm thankful there's something inside of me that said you've got to just keep on going, son. This life's just like a vapor. It's just here for a little while, and it's gone, Sister Summer. This is coming. This trials are going to pass. It's going to happen. God's going to get you through this thing, and if he don't get you through it, you're a winner either way. Sister, whether we make it on this side or we make you know, because I'm a big believer that God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I don't mind to tell you, Sister Osborne, it frustrates Brother Wayne is when I pray and I fast and I seek God and I pray and I fast, and Sister Jane, I still don't get a word from God. And the devil said, just throw in the towel, boy. Are you crazy? Huh? Brother Chris, is he crazy? I can't give up now. God, I'm too close to this thing. I could die right now. Huh? Now, I, I, that's the thing I like about serving God and this oneness is because it's authentic. It's the real thing, Brother Kevin. Because see, when God shows you something, you can't just say, well, you know, Sister Amy told me that. See, when God lays his finger, Brother Jack, on something in your life, you got to deal with God. Huh? Paul could have got mad about being on that ship and him not listening to him, and his ship got all broke up. But see, Sister Donna, God had somebody on an island that he needed to go see. God being such a great God, Sister Melinda, he, Paul said when we left, he said they loaded us up with goodies. They took care of what was lacking. Can I tell you, God, I've often heard Brother Huggins say, God is in the center by to pay the, the mortgage on the payment. There is nothing impossible to those that believe, Brother Leonard. That word nothing from chiefling and chiefling means nothing. 
If you can believe and you can grab a hold of, you serve that kind of God that can do that. Just for giggles, I want to add this, that all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. The flesh will never result in the fruit of the Spirit. I thought about how that in um, John 7, 45 through 46, they had sent some, the chief priests and Pharisees had sent some officers out to, to uh, catch Jesus in his speak so they could condemn him and, and could drag him before the judges. And, and they said, uh, why have you not brought him? And the officer's answer said, never a man spake like this man. Huh? Don't you want somebody to say that about you and you're in a group of people and they're telling old dirty jokes or talking about this or talking about that and you just walk off. Don't you want somebody to say, you know that Sister Donna, she don't put up with that mess. She just don't wear that on Sunday morning. She just don't be that way on Wednesday night. They said, never a man spake like this man. I thought about how that the Lord brought to my mind how that the woman, and I know we all know this story, so I'll be very quickly, where he talks about the woman called in the very act of adultery, and they all brought her to Jesus. And so in verse 7, we'll pick it up. So it says, When they continued asking him, he lifted up himself and said unto them, He that is without sin among you, let him cast the first stone at her. That'll kind of nip the conversation in the bud right there, don't it? That Jesus could just walk up in the middle of a conversation, Sister Jane, and just shut it right down. Huh? <laughs> somebody said one time, said, if you don't want to argue with your wife, don't start. <laughs> now, there's a lot of truth to that. Wayne ain't grasped that in 32 years, but he's trying. He's asking God to help him to be a better husband. But what I'm trying to tell you, Jesus just said, hey, if you ain't got no sin in your life, pick up this stone, take it out of your pocket and throw it. That'll make you keep your stones in your pocket, won't it? That'll keep you from even, Brother Leonard, that'll keep you from even taking your hand, getting close to your pocket, don't it? Anyway, I got to move on. He said, and again, he stopped and he stooped down and wrote on the ground and, and they which heard it being convicted by their own conscience went out one by one, beginning at the eldest, even unto the last. And Jesus was left alone. And the woman standing in the midst, when Jesus had lifted up himself and he saw none but the woman, he said unto her, woman, where are, thy, where are those thine accusers? Hath no man condemned thee? She said, no man, Lord. Now, Jesus just didn't let her off the hook. See, Brother Michael, the Lord just, just didn't pat her on the head and say, now go back to doing what you were doing. He said, and he said unto her, neither do I condemn, condemn thee and go and sin no more. So I got a problem, and I told this to a group of folks last Sunday, I got a problem when people say that they've been saved and changed and there's no change in their life. Brother Chris said if you took an orange tree, I hate to steal from his message, but it was so good. He said if you took an orange tree from Florida and planted it in California, it'd still grow oranges. You ought to write that down on the book somewhere, as I'm here to tell you. That's good stuff. If he didn't steal it, that's some really good stuff. Huh? I'm telling you, now you think about that. It's still an orange tree if you plant it in Tampa, Florida, if you take it to California and Santa Bernardino or whatever that place is in California and plant it, it's still an orange tree. So whether you're sitting on that pew here at Hatch Bend Apostolic Church, you're a Christian. Whether they got you stuck in the county jail, you're still a Christian. Whether you walk in tomorrow morning and the boss man says you're fired, you're still a Christian. You wake up in the morning and they got to drag your little self to the hospital, you're still a Christian. 
you go to the post office and you get a letter and it tells you you're in trouble, you're still a Christian. We got a letter the other day in the mail and honey come home and we was talking about it. I said, look at here, now we, we believe in God. And we're fixing to get to something if I can get there. But, but, but I'm going to quote it now so in case I don't get there. He said, God didn't give you the spirit of fear, but a power of love and a sound mind. Because you understand if, if the devil can put you in that grip of fear, you understand that you're still a Christian, whether the sun's shining or whether the rains are raining. Whether it's been the best years of your life or the worst, you're still a child of the king. We're talking about authentic living. Galatians 5 and 17, we'll read this verse again. It says, for the flesh lust is against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary, the one to the other, so that ye cannot do the things, sorry, that ye would. Brother Boyd stepped all over this thing Wednesday night, so I'm just going to try to be real quick. Talked about the, in Mark um, 4, 35 through 40. Let me read this. It says, in the same day, when the evening was come, he said, talking about Jesus, he said, let us pass over into the other side. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship, and they were also with him in other little ships. And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship, and so that it was now full. That means he was taken on water, Sister Joy. Now, I don't know about y'all. Have y'all ever been out in that big blue where you can't see nothing around you but big blue? And that boat starts rocking and rolling like they used to do. Never mind. Um, and it starts rocking and rolling, and you, you realize unless God steps on the scene and you can do a Peter thing and you can walk on water, you in deep trouble. Have you ever been there? All right, y'all ain't got to raise your hand, brother. We ain't to raise his hand. I was an old blind lost sinner boy, but had been to church as a young boy, but I was out in the middle of that Gulf of Mexico and that big boat started rocking. I went to the bottom and started praying. And I said, God, if you'll ever get me out of this, have you ever prayed that? God, if you'll ever get me out of this mess, brother Danny, I won't ever do it again. I prayed that prayer before too, brother Mike. <laughs> To my best of my recollection, I haven't been back out there on that big blue that I couldn't walk on water. But I knew I was like old Jonah. I was hunting somewhere so I could point my face to the church because I needed to find Jesus. Huh? Them boys was professional fishermen. Sister Betty, they knew what happened when that boat got full of water. They was going to sink. Huh? And, and he, the Bible says that he was in the hinder part of the ship asleep on the pillow. Brother Daryl, have you ever thought God was asleep on you? I don't mean to call y'all out, but I just want y'all to kind of help me out here because I feel like I'm out here by myself this morning. What I'm trying to tell you is there's going to be times that you're going to knock on the door and God's going to say, just not yet, Wayne. Stay there. Stay on the boat a little while longer. See, I'm shaping you, and I got you on the potter's wheel, Wayne. I'm, I'm helping you out here. You don't understand, but I, yeah, but God, I need you to get me out of this mess. Mama didn't name me patience. She named me Thomas Doubting. You got that? I, I don't understand this thing. God just said, just be calm, Wayne. Calm down. No, God, you need to wake up. See, I don't believe they just walked back there and said, Master, carest thou not that we perish? I think they was on red or dog alert. They were screaming. They was hollering. You got to wake up, man. You got to get up. Fast for 52 days. You got to get up. Come on. And he arose and rebuked the wind and, and unto the sea and said, Peace be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. But that's verse 40 is powerful. 
think about this verse 40. And he's, now, as Brother Boyd said Wednesday night, he said, you understand that this was God manifesting the flesh. And they had seen God do all these miracles. Has God done any miracles in your life? But Brother Chris, that still don't solve me for doubting Thomas to walk in my spirit and say, but God can't do this. These people walked with God. They saw God. They ate with God. They, man, I just, it's hard to imagine. Sister Taylor, that, that they was with God every day. A storm come in their life, started shaking their boat a little bit. It started rocking and rolling. They run back to where he's at. He's asleep. And you would think Jesus would have put his hands around him and said, boy, is this okay? I need to take a nap. I'm, back, I'm, I'm moving there. Everything's okay. Have you ever had to tell somebody, just, I remember when I worked at Winn-Dixie, they'd call you, they had problems on the front end, and they'd just be screaming on the microphone, Mr. Williams, come up right. <laughs> I'd get up there and I'd say, look, these little legs can only carry me just so fast, but I'm coming, I promise you, I'm a coming. But when you're in a panic, you're just looking for somebody, Brother Junior. I've been there, you know what I mean? I've caught myself in a spot that you're just looking around going, I don't know what I'm going to do. But this is what he said, and he said, why are you so fearful? Why are you so fearful? He, did, he said, how is it that ye have no... We're talking about authentic living. I didn't, I didn't put that in there, Brother Philip. Jesus wrote that in there. Brother Kevin, he said, how is it? that you have no faith. Because see, when your world's on fire, it's easy to reach up and grab an arm of flesh and say, this is what's got to help me. This is it, Sister Lana. This is what it's all about. But see, as believers, Sister Jennifer, we, we don't reach to the arm of the flesh. We reach for God. Somebody said faith without works is dead. Hebrews 11 and 1 says, now faith. Have you ever needed now faith? Is the substance of things hoped for and evidence of things not seen. 1 John 4 and 18 said, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. 2 Corinthians 10, 4 through 5 says, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. And this is what messes Brother Wayne up, casting down imaginations and every high thing and exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. I remember one time, Sister Melinda's mother used to go to uh, Mount Zion where we went, and um, Sister Emily and Pappy, uh, just wonderful folks. But one day, she, it was on Wednesday night, I think I'm right, Sister Emily's uh, Sister Melinda's mother, Sister Emily, she stood up in testimony service and she, or prayer service. She said, look at here. She said, after church, she said, my car window does not work and we need to pray for my car window. I said, that's what I like, Brother Darrell. Now, I know God can fix a headache and he can fix this, but God can fix a car window. So, man, we thought it was a big deal. So even being from the country, you don't know no better, Brother Josh. You just run out there. So we just run out there to Pastor, we all just laid hands. Is that true, honey? We all laid hands on Sister Emily's car window. In Jesus' name. She sold that car some years later. Can I tell you, the car window was still working. 
Do you understand the God that you serve? It don't matter if it's a car window, whether it's a headache, whether it's a misbehaving husband or misbehaving wife or misbehaving children or a crazy boss man. It don't matter with God. We're talking about authentic. We're talking about the real thing. This ain't something that you get off of Gmail or something that you get off the Internet. This is the real thing here. My, praying for a car window. <laughs> I remember, I think they sold that car. Is that right, Sister Melinda? I remember seeing that car around the neighborhood. Brother Tim, just that thought came to my mind. We prayed for that car window. People drive around a car, don't know that God touched that car. <laughs> There was some Jesus in that car at one time. I'm moving on. Romans 12 and 1 says, Whew, I have lost my place, folks. <laughs> Here's where we're at. When we're getting ready to wrap this thing up. People are looking for the genuine, if honesty demands, we admit to the struggle. See, sometimes as Christians, it's hard to say, I need you to pray for me. Sharon and I, we don't often tell one another when we fast and we don't tell one another when we need prayer. Because we believe old slimy foot, slew foot, taking advantage of you if you just blab everything. But we do what the Bible says to do. And, but you know, Brother Everett, sometimes you just got to say, I need a little helping hand. And that's what brothers and sisters are for. That's what spouses are for, and that's what pastors and pastors' wives are for, Sunday school teachers. Romans 12 and 1 said, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Now, understand this, Brother Jack, that when you present your bodies a living sacrifice, that means you just turn it over to God, don't it? If God decides, I want you to live in Old Town instead of Chiefland, you just move to Old Town. That's what God told you to do. So I think a lot of people, I was talking to Sharon about this Lord and gave me the scripture on the way over. He said, I beseech you or I encourage you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. I don't know that church speak talks about that anymore, Sister Lynn. I don't know that they talk about being a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. And he just, he just wraps this whole thing up. But Justin, with just two words, he says, your reasonable service. It's the least you can do. The least you can do. You know, when you think about all that God's done for us, ain't it the least we could do is live for God, to be authentic, to be the real deal, to trust him? If he says, go, Brother Kevin, we just go. But if you like Brother Wayne O'Dowd and Thomas to show up, and he says, no, you don't want to do that. So, Steve, you don't want to take that chance. Or better yet, dope comforters will show up about the same time that letter shows up and wants to tell you all the bad. Mark 9, 14 through 24. This is when they was up on the mountain, Jesus with James and John and Peter, the Mount Trigger. Mount Trigger. We'll skip that. And he said in, in 14, says, And when he came to his disciples, they was coming off the hill. He saw a great multitude about them, and the scribes questioned them with them. And straightway, and all the people, when they beheld him, were greatly amazed and running to him and saluted him. And he asked the scribes, he said, What question ye with them? And one of the multitude answered and said, Master, I have brought unto thee my son, which hath a dumb spirit. And wheresoever he taketh him, he teareth him and foameth and gnasheth with his teeth and pineth away. And I spake to thy disciples that they should cast him out, and they could not. 
He answered him and saith, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him unto me. And they brought him unto him. And when he saw him straightway, the spirit tear him, and he fell on the ground and while they're foaming. And this is where we're driving at. And he asked the father, he said, how long is it ago since this came unto him? And he said, of a child. And he said, oftentimes it has cast him into the fire and into the waters to destroy him. But if thou canst do anything, if you can just do anything, have you ever prayed that? God, if you can just do anything. He's not saying, God, I need you to deliver my child. He said, God, if you can just help us out of this terrible situation we're in here. If you can just help, if you can just do anything. He said, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus said unto them, unto him, if thou canst believe, all things, church, say all things, are possible to him that believeth. And I love the honesty of this man. He said, straightway the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. See, says George, if we'll be honest with God, God will be honest with us. The man said, look, I can't just be with him. I, we can't do anything. Obviously, maybe he had grown up and still in this shape, Brother JT. But as a parent, he wanted some relief for his child. And he said, God, if you can just do anything. He said, but Lord, I believe. But help my unbelief. He said, and I'm going to read it one more time. He said, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Can I tell you, this father said, I can't handle this on my own. I can't do it, Sister Donna. I said, I'm just going to you, God, and I'm opening myself up. Sometimes you just got to remove the blinders. You got to remove all the covering. Sometimes, Sister Betty, you just got to say, God, I'm just old wretched, wretched old flesh that I am. I can't do this. This is way out of my league. This is, I can't handle this. The Bible said you can't change one hair white or black. It says, all God, Brother Jack. In closing, I want to read about authentic living one more time. Authentic born of the Holy Ghost accepts and admits struggles. In closing, I want to read to you about two men. Remember we had started back over there in Joel where it said, how can two walk together except they agree? Talked to you about a man called Demas in Colossians 4 and 14. Paul said, Luke, the beloved physician, and Demas greet you. But if you'll read over in 2 Timothy 4 and 10, it says, for Demas hath forsaken me having loved this present world and has departed unto Thessalonica. Such a Christian, you don't read about Demas no more after 2 Timothy 4 and 10. I wonder how many times somebody's asked us about somebody. But they, we had to say, no, they no longer serve God. They've walked back. They went back. They, they left that authentic love that, 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 that was in that chosen vessel, that, that gift that was in it. They just said, no, I don't. Demon said, I don't want that no more. But I'm thankful to tell you about a man called Moses. And I'm closing with this. Hebrews 11, 23 and 27 said, By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hid three months of his parents because they saw he was a proper child and they were not afraid of the king's commandment. By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. And this is where we're at, church. 
choosing rather to suffer the afflictions with people of God than enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. And don't let nobody tell you, Brother Michael, there ain't no pleasure in sin because we all that's been there has, would say that there has, and there is. But you understand this. It's only just for a little time. Brother Wayne is just here for just a little while. If you live to be 120 years old, what is that? Brother Tom, in the space of eternity. He said, he said that he was rather to choose, and rather chose the afflictions of people of God than enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. Do you have respect for what's waiting on the other side? It don't matter who laughs at you, who points their fingers at you, or tells you your God's dead. Do you understand? Only you going to stand before God, Brother Tim, for yourself. Sharon won't be there. My two daughters won't be there. My three grandsons won't be there. Wayne will stand before God and give an account for the deeds done in his body. By faith, he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured and seeing, who, seeing him who is invisible. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806 or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.